I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. Swick Technologies presents the Leading Business Podcast, helping you leverage technology to accelerate your growth. The key to this business is personal relationships. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Swick Tech Leading Business Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Clark. We have uh, Shane Craning here with us as well. Hey, Eric. Uh, today, we're excited to talk with Chris Rogers of M. Pyrrhic out of Milwaukee. I believe you guys are located in the third ward. Really neat place to have a new business like that. Um, I guess today's topic, really, we want to talk about leveraging technology in healthcare to accelerate growth um, and really uh, maintain compliance via modern technology. And in healthcare, that's really a critical aspect of doing business. So my understanding is you guys touch a lot of um, the healthcare industry, but you're also a uh, tech company in some regards. So I'm excited to talk with you today, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, this is really cool opportunity. Uh, and yeah, you're right. We work in healthcare. So I'm excited to talk some shop with you guys. Cool. Well, I guess let's just get started a little bit. Um, you're the head of research at Empiric. Um, maybe tell us just a little bit about uh, what you do there and then what the company does. Sure. So uh, uh, we're a healthcare technology company. Part of our offering is data analytics. We, uh, we have amassed a, um, a significantly large database of, of clinical data and that affords the opportunity to partner with accounts to do research. And so that's what our team does is we look for uh, and, and design predictive models and different machine learning techniques to try and understand different aspects of disease and then bring those findings to, um, uh, to publications so we can publish literature and, and research. Um, but as a company, Empiric, um, we actually have three products. So we have a suite of products that we have out in the market. One's a communication app called Ori. Another one's a data analytics uh, platform called Matrix. And then our flagship um, is Cardiac Intelligence. And uh, the mission for Cardiac Intelligence is to end the undertreatment of cardiovascular disease. So as, uh, as you may know, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in the U.S. Uh, and, and globally. And so um, what we're, we've done is designed a platform that can automatically find patients with different cardiovascular disease and bring that to the attention of the appropriate clinician so they can be evaluated for treatment. Um, and it, it's been a really exciting journey. We've been doing this for about seven years. Uh, again, in Milwaukee, we're, so we're local, uh, founded by... Uh, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Joe Coley, um, and have been growing uh, quickly over the last few years. That's exciting. So that's how you got your start. Um, I know we were talking offline a little bit, but where did the name come from? Yeah, so Empiric, uh, we're actually, we started with a few names and then we landed on Empiric because it came from the empirical formula. So one of the, especially when we're starting, one of our uh, goals is to create really simple, intuitive technology and in the empirical formula, at least in chemistry, is you know, the simplest formula of a compound. So um, we, we got fancy with the spelling and, and lopped off the E in the front. We added the K at the end to honor our founder, Joe Coley, his last name is spelled with a K. And so that led us to Empiric. And despite the challenge with getting the spelling right, you know, with different accounts, the name's really stuck and we've, uh, we, we enjoy it. And it is what it is. As you guys can appreciate, like naming Naming a company is really hard. You know, no, it's, there's no easy way to do it, and, and Empiric's worked out for us. That's great. And you guys were named uh, one of the startups to watch in 2021 by Startup Milwaukee. 
Uh, Matt Cordio runs that group. How, how did you guys get that list? I get on that list. Yeah, shout out to Matt Cordio. Uh, we uh, thank you. Uh, if you if you happens to listen to this, it's super cool. We we're honored. Um, you know, twenty twenty is was a really tough year. Uh, it goes without saying. We like, everyone had a, a tough time. Um, we were really blessed, despite all the challenges that presented with COVID. Um, you know, we did have some. Um, some significant wins. One was we clo- closed the fundraise in Q1, um, our Series B fundraise. We were able to maintain all our clients throughout the year and even launched a few. Uh, and being in healthcare, launching accounts in, amidst all this code was was uh, was really challenging. As you can imagine, everything shut down um, basically, and all everything was focused on COVID. But um, that success, I think, got the attention on you know, kind of a uh, a public level and, and what's got us to, you know, get to Matt Cordio's list. And we're, yeah, we're really thankful. We've already put a lot of those funds to use. We've made some really key hires this year. Um, we're looking at expanding globally uh, in the near future. So uh, starting with uh, Europe and uh, Middle East. So there's really exciting opportunities on the on the horizon. And, and, and I think being on that list just brings attention to that. So yeah, cool. that's great. I mean, so I have two follow up questions for that. Um, you know, what, what do you think COVID taught you and in, in the business about um, our healthcare system and how technology can improve it? Yeah, uh, that's a, it's a great question. Um, one of the one of the main lessons, at least personally, was COVID exposed how much we don't know, you know uh, especially in healthcare. This was um, a challenge to all to understand how this disease worked, how it progressed, how it was transferred and how to treat it. Um, what was really exciting though, is to see everyone come together on a central goal and how fast we could move. I think the fact the vaccines are already out there is a testament to that. So, um, so yeah, one main learn lesson is how much we don't know. I, another one though, is also the importance of quality, like validated information. Um, I don't necessarily know how to solve this per se or have any ideas, but I, I was something I learned and being a researcher, I, I live in the peer reviewed journal world. Like we're, I'm always looking at research and, and trying to learn from it. And um, the, the translation of that to the general public is, um, it, it, is a, it can be a daunting task and the misinformation is a risk. You know, there's, it's really hard to be able to, transfer that data and that information to everyone. And so I'm excited what comes from this, you know, where, where you know, the science and healthcare and the progress made is actually disseminated out to the, to the public in a way that people can trust what they're reading or trust what they're hearing about. And I, I think that's an opportunity to get better in something that um, was exposed during the, the COVID situation. Crazy. So, Chris, I know um, I know we're going to get into some other details about tech and compliance and stuff, but I just want to touch again on the solutions that you guys offer. Uh, so you mentioned they're all kind of software based, right? So you guys are kind of a software company. Um, can you explain a little bit more about how that interacts with like like where are you? How are you getting the data? Where are you getting the data from for your cardiovascular solution to be able to manipulate it and, and learn from it and and help people yeah uh good question so we we we're a third party 
software solution, at least in the eyes of, of healthcare. So we, we work okay. with hospitals. We, we, we connect with the hospital's EHR using uh, typically HL7 interfaces. You know, there, we can do other things too, but um, that's the primary way we engage with the source data. Um, we host on AWS and, uh, and then run all our analytics there, and then we can deliver information back to the EHR. So specifically for cardiac intelligence, we'll get diagnostic data sent to us in real time We'll run um, uh, natural language processing to read and interpret that data, organize it, curate it, and then we'll apply different algorithms to look for different diseases. And when a disease is found, we can marry that information with other data that we'll get, like clinic schedules or procedure schedules or progress notes to determine that, oh, this patient who has this disease doesn't necessarily have the appropriate clinic schedule, the clinic visit scheduled in the future. And so they may be subject to delayed treatment or delayed referral, and we'll send a message back into the EHR to the referring physician and say, by the way, this patient does have this disease or criteria for it, and we would recommend considering a referral to the appropriate clinician. And to give you some context, like we, a lot of the diseases that we see are in the multiple, you know, four, five, 10,000 patients. Uh, on a on a year yearly basis, and we're seeing anywhere from thirty to forty five fifty percent of patients with these diseases are not getting referred um, to the clinic at the recommended guideline timeline. So um, it, there's an opportunity to help streamline that process so that these patients can get to the clinic and ultimately receive the intervention they need to improve their their health and wellness. A lot of these diseases are. Um, high risk, you know, mortality risk is significant. Uh, even at two years, there's like a 50% chance of dying. So if they don't get the intervention at the right time, it can be life or death for these patients. Right. Wow. That's, thank you for kind of expanding on that. That is super fascinating stuff. In your data model that you guys have, what's the predictability rate of that? Is it is it pretty high from what you've seen? Yeah. So part of our job is is just fundamentally finding the patients. We're very good at this. Um, mm -hmm. and that I would say, um, we actually design it with the intent of, um, casting a little bit wider net and allowing clinicians to, you know, uh, to decide on, you know, where the gray areas are. Cause it is, all these diseases are progressive. Um, and so there's a, you know, a range or a threshold of, of, of disease that constitutes appropriate, um, indication for a treatment or referral. Um, so. Our job defining the patient is is where our strength is, and our our technology using natural language processing is kind of our sweet spot. Is what makes us different, our secret sauce, if you will. Um, but on my team and 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 the engineering team, our our next wave of innovation is trying to predict the probability of of progress of in these diseases. So a lot of disease being progressive, we can see them in these patients. Um, early in the game. So how do we uh, apply machine learning uh, algorithms or just AI, uh, different AI techniques to try and understand when will this patient get to a point where they're critically ill and they need intervention? Um, and that's, we already have some uh, prototype models on production uh, being tested with accounts, but that's one of the next phases of what we're doing um, with, with the platform. That's powerful. That's really cool. I mean, what a great cause, what a great mission, and what a what a great team to be able to work on something like that. You get up every morning and you have um, a correlation with literally saving people's lives. 
Yeah, thank you. And you're right. I mean, it's so motivating. Uh, I, I think the the combination of um, helping patients and doing cutting edge technology has allowed us to recruit some really top talent. So I'm I'm blessed to work with some brilliant folks, um, and it's really fun. Every day is an adventure. Um, and one thing that you we've learned along the way is like no hospital is the same. Um, and, and so every, every, I'm sure you could appreciate that with your accounts, like no accounts the same. So it, it's, it's both creating technology and solutions that can help everyone, but also bringing that human touch and the service alongside of it. And we've, thankfully we have an amazing team to, to be able to do that. Yeah. It's not easy to bring some of those things to market, you know, on the technology side, we have a DevOps team ourselves, um, that are capable of writing and scripting and working in multiple languages and creating project pipelines and things like that for you know development and you know we're familiar with aws we spend most of our time in microsoft azure um you know from a compliance standpoint we've experienced maybe a little bit more um pleasant experience on the azure side for microsoft um but there's use cases to be in you know google's private cloud or aws or azure really depends on what you're trying to accomplish can you talk a little bit about the compliance side of things as much as you can um yeah you know you know knowing that it is compliance, but, you know, why is that important for healthcare and, and what you do? <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's fundamental to, to what we do. Yeah, um, and it's, be, so healthcare is a tremendous responsibility. They, they, it's a, oftentimes a matter of life and death for these patients. So in order for clinicians and, and to be able to provide that care, they need access to the most sensitive information a patient has, right? It, um, and that data, that patient health information in the wrong hands can cause a lot of harm. And so that, just like a doctor would be trusted with that information, so does the information systems and so does solutions like ours that have access to that data. So compliance is fundamental to our existence as a, as a company. Um, and I would say, you know, our, the way we stay compliant and the things we have to do to, to meet those demands is really about the people. Um, you know, we have different technologies that I'm happy to talk about and give you some ideas, but um, this has been a top-down um, focus for us from the beginning, and that makes it actually sustainable. You know, compliance is not a finite game. It's an infinite game. You have to be willing to just commit to it forever. And I think if you can get your head around that from the beginning, you'll save yourself a lot of emotional damage because <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. Um, but yeah, if you, you guys start, have someone that, that maintains that internally, like it, you, that's perfectly what you said, that it's it's not a finite game. It's an infinite game. And that being said, like who's in charge of that infinite game if it's ongoing forever? What, what does that role look like? Well, that's... Uh, so it started with uh, our president, Logan Brigman, and he was running compliance for basically from the beginning. Um, and and then it just this last year, we hired a fantastic new person, Allie, Allie Howard. She's come on and has taken on responsibility for that. So um, and it's amazing how much he's elevated our game, just having someone not only passionate about it, but with experience and able to give it you know undivided attention. That would be one thing from our learning as a company, you know, doing this a few years, like having someone committed to making that work, uh, giving it the attention it needs is critical. Um, and Logan did a fantastic job 
setting the foundation, bringing that to the culture of the team, but then Ali taking the baton and running with it has been really important. Yeah. But we've used consultants too. You know, we, we obviously have a HIPAA audit every year and a consultant who's guided us through that for years now. Um, we, we do pen testing. So we have a company that will, you know, basically try to hack our system every year. Um, and that's a key audit that we have to do. So every time we go through this, we learn more. And that's the nature of this, especially in HIPAA. And these are guidelines. This is a law, but it's guidelines. And one of the things we have to do, and this is what Allie does, is she actually keeps track of the lawsuits. You know, you can learn from the lawsuits, like how the law is interpreted so that you can, you know, see the risk and make sure that you're mitigating that risk in your own infrastructure and your own policies and procedures. So it's a... It, it, I would say having someone like Allie early in the game is, is really helpful. Well, that's great to hear. I mean, on the technology side, because some of the stuff resides in the cloud, you know, has to be encrypted in transport and at rest and, um, you know, the, the ability to get there and air gapping things or like protecting that data and where it resides. There's a lot of layers of cybersecurity that go into that. And that's, I think, probably where our expertise um, lies by and large um, on the cybersecurity front and our skill set to like adhere to some of those requirements. Um, how, how does, I mean, in your, from your seat and your perspective, how does the cloud change healthcare or like how has it? Uh, yeah. It's two, Seven two years is a long time, right? I mean, from right. where, you start to where you're at. We were just talking about this the other day too. Like, one of our first solutions was secure messaging. Um, and it's uh, it's called Ori, and the problem was messaging from inside the OR to the patient's family in, in the waiting room. Uh, so uh, Dr. Coley was sitting in a waiting room for one of his loved ones' procedure, took extra long, um, and he was confused, like, why haven't I got an update? Realized, hey, I need an update, um, and, and went up to the front desk and, and found out patient's doing fine, already, you know, in recovery. And he realized as a surgeon, if I'm doing this to my patients, it's, I'm creating some unintended anxiety. So he, that's what was the catalyst. At the time, you know, texting and secure messaging was like really hard to do. You know, I think cloud technology has allowed this to happen in a much more accelerated rate. So the two core tenets that I think cloud technology provides healthcare is speed and accessibility. You know, speed of computational uh, programming and, and, and access to information in, uh, in, in, in faster ways than ever before. Um, but it, it does present risk, you know? So, you know, we talked about technology and compliance, like for us, the AWS is one key factor, but the way we develop code, so tracking our changes and our change management system is fundamental. We use Trello and GitHub to, to manage all that. Everything from like requirement to the author of the, the code change to the review and QA. Um, we encrypt everything, so we use 256-bit AES encryption, both the transit and rest. Uh, when we exchange that data between the hospital and, and us, it's it's through VPN. Um, we do LDAP, an Active Directory interface, to manage user list uh, in real time. Two-factor authentication everywhere. And these are all changes that weren't there in the beginning. We just had to continually get better at it over the years. Um, and a, that's really a big testament, again, back to the people like our uh, technology leads, uh, Jim Gertz and, and James Lyman. These guys are brilliant and full stack developers and were willing to take on the challenges of these compliant re uh, compliance requirements from the beginning and have built uh, uh, an incredible platform that meets these requirements. So 
it's a combination of people, but deploying different technology solutions. And in prep for this call, I thought of two interesting things we just added this year that I think it's worth bringing up. Um, SAP Litmus is a learning management system that has been game changer for us. Well, you know, the one of your biggest vulnerabilities are your people, right? So controlling their access to the right information, the necessary information, and how to deal with that information is so important. So we deployed SAP Litmus to try and bring that education to everyone in a sustainable and standardized way. And then for us, Jamf, like we, we're a smaller company. We, we don't have uh, a dedicated resource to manage everyone's tech. So Jamf gives us that mobile device management solution that, that can bring control at the, the device level. So those, so those are using things. Apple products then? Most of us, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but we, we run our business on Google. So it's, uh, and we use Slack for internal communication. So those, everything's doable if you have the right people willing to do the right things, but um, it, those are some of the main technologies we use. Yeah, that's great. I love, and I love that you call out the people because that is, that is such a huge part of it, right? You can have, you know, we're talking about cloud solutions with Microsoft and Amazon and Google and all of those solutions meet HIPAA compliance requirements, right? Like, yeah, they're gonna say, yes, it's HIPAA compliant. And that's technically true, but it's not if you're not doing the right things on your end and inputting the right policies and solutions and having the right people watching over it and making sure it's being done correctly, right? So it's there's a there's a very fine line there between like, oh yeah, I, I signed up for Microsoft 365 and Microsoft told me it's it can be HIPAA compliant and being actually HIPAA compliant. Yeah, you said it well. That's exactly it. Cool. Yeah, you have to have checks and balances in place, you know, and the, you mentioned so much great technology in there. Um, I would say, you know, um, if you, you guys are still on two-factor auth, um, when you want to go to multi-factor authentication, we should talk more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no, and I don't know. I think there's a few other questions I had in the show notes here. You know, from your perspective, how does IT play a part in the future of healthcare for preventative medicine? I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I don't know if there's anything else to pull out of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm most excited about the personalized medicine aspect of it. You know, um, so much of the data we have is siloed. And so I'm sure you've heard the terms like interoperability, just bringing data from all these silos into one central place so that you can consider all that information at the time of treatment or prevention or, you know, just bringing awareness to a disease before the patient even knows it exists. Um, and I, I, that amount of data and the amount of processing to handle that data is something that I think the cloud is really well equipped to do because you can scale up your resources really quickly. Um, uh, but that, that's, that's something I'm very excited about personally, but also as a company, that's kind of where we're at. You know, we, we know that we've already seen in our research, um, one of the diseases we look for is aortic stenosis and there's different stages of severity and we've already seen those with like a moderate aortic stenosis uh, severity or disease, they, they're they not all the same. Some, you know, progress very quickly and some don't. Um, so we're, with our purview of data, with the, the echocardiogram data we get and the clinical data, we're trying to predict which ones will progress and which don't. But as we expand that philosophy to other diseases and incorporate more data, we'll be able to go further and further upstream to try and understand how exactly does 
you know, Eric need to be managing his treatment or Shane need his, his treatment. You guys would, you, you deserve like different pathways because you're just different people. So how do we allow technology to help make those decisions? So you're leveraging technology to enhance the human experience and you're taking some of that off of the, you know, surgeon, doctor's healthcare plate and you're allowing room for the human being aspect of things. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, very cool. Do you, uh, Chris, do you see more like on the personal side, right? Like, let's like take the hospital piece out of it, right? I'm at home sort of thing right now. Do you see more being done on that space with this, whether it be software or hardware? You know, I obviously like Apple has their Apple Watch and they can like tell your heartbeat and stuff now, but that's, I mean, that's as far as I feel like any like personal technology has gone in that space. Do you see that expanding a lot more? And is that, you don't have to tell if this, if, if that's on your roadmap, but like, do you see that as being something like Apple and Google and those kinds of companies are going to like take on and do, or is that something that's more in your realm that you guys can kind of tie your, your software that you already have to devices and tech that people could be getting? Yeah. The, uh, it's definitely a part of the roadmap. Um, it, it may be f far out because um, there's whole different compliance issues when you go to to, to patient facing mm -hmm. stuff um, that are really difficult hurdles, worth overcoming but difficult. I think what we've learned is that it's hard to be good at everything. Like you, like when I mean, you think of Google, they're yeah. they're definitely looking at this space. Or Apple, they're they're absolutely, and that's why they're making the acquisitions they are. That's where they're trying to right. amass the data that they are. You know, Apple's HealthKit is a perfect example where they're amassing this significant amount of data. And I think there's still so much to understand how to use it, how to apply it. Um, one interesting thought, though, on the patient-facing side, uh, is that I think there there will be a lot of patients who will will take more responsibility for their, their healthcare. And therefore they'll want this democratization of expertise. Um, we're already seeing that in the way we're deploying some of our models is like, we can train our model on really robust data, but in the real world, that data doesn't exist everywhere. It doesn't exist in uh, rural, rural areas or places where they don't have the, the tools to collect that data. When the devices at home become more robust, it allows for that expertise to be brought right to the phone or right to the watch or right to their computer. Um, I'm really excited about that. And I think that's something as a company we're excited and watching closely because, you know, we, we know we can move into that space. It's just knowing is the data there to do it. And it, it will be. It will be sooner than we think. Awesome. Yeah. The rate of acceleration is compounding. You know, it's it's on an exponential curve, not not a linear one. So yeah. one step is not one step. It's like, you know, whatever the exponential rate is, right? Um, how how can people, we can bring the plane in for a landing. How can people help spread the word about Empiric? Um, you know, what more can others do to, like, what can we say about the company short of broadcasting this this podcast? Um, you know, is there is there something more the public can and ought to be doing to help? Um, kind of elevate your mission? I, I think, check us out on LinkedIn. That's ours, That's probably a platform we're most active on. Um, and uh, also our website, you can learn more about us. You can see more of the research we're doing. We can see more of how our product works and the different ways it's being used to help patients. Um, but I think uh, those two those two platform, you know, areas is where you can learn more about us and, and use that to help share the work. 
And what is the website? Is it just empiric.com? Correct. Yep. With a K. Yep. M-P-I-R-I-K.com. Perfect. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Yeah. Thank you, guys. This is really fun. I, and I think what you're doing is great. And I wish you guys the best. Thank you very much. Yeah, same. It was great to chat with you, Chris. All right. Just a quick announcement before we end today's show. Uh, we do have a webinar coming up on March 10th at 2 p.m., and it is Microsoft Teams for Healthcare, helping healthcare professionals make the most out of Microsoft Teams. So this event's gonna be for healthcare organizations, big and small. Um, a lot of them are using Teams for all-in-one communication, collaboration, and coordination uh, as a tool that provides unique features for telemedicine and patient care. So things like virtual visits, secure messaging, uh, medical record integration, and streamlined approvals. It's all just a few of the tools Microsoft developed specifically for users in healthcare. Um, so we're excited to do that event. Really, we're going to start with the basics of the Microsoft Teams app and then learn uh, how to use virtual patient visits and electronic healthcare record integration, discover care coordination and collaboration tools, uncover templates for healthcare organizations, use secure Teams channels, messaging, and calendar. Uh, we'll also find out some benefits of file sharing in Teams, and it gives you the ability to ask us anything about Microsoft Teams. So if this is an event you're interested in, you can head on over to swiktech.com events, and you'll see it there. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening today, and have a great day. 